new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. I was just up there today for lunch, and for about four bucks is one of the best burgers I've had with fries. It was really good. And for four bucks, you can't beat it. Checked out their sports book. You got to go check that out as well. But this is what you really need to see. They have the best promotions of all the casinos up there. They're giving away a Tesla. Yeah, a Tesla. And if you don't want it, they're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings are 4th of July weekend. You can get final entries every half hour, 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings or by redeeming players points. Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, a family-owned casino that treats you like family. Would you like to drive a Tesla, Terry? Is it a stick? No, it's not. It is not a stick. No, I, I, I picture driving a Tesla. Is driving it with a stick shift. Would you ever like to drive a Tesla? Yes. Good. You could do it right after the show today. Is it right out in the parking lot? It is. What color is it? Black. Black interior, black rims, what's the black fastest, tires. What's the fastest you got it up to? You can go from zero to 60, no joke, in about three seconds. Wow. You could sit at a stoplight, honestly, with a Corvette, and that guy will look at you and say, electric car, bang, you're gone, and he's in your rearview mirror. No it, joke. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. It's an absolute blast. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Well, here we go. Eight days later, the Avalanche are finally going to take on the St. Louis Blues. Darcy Kemper says he's okay and is uh, watching him in practice enough to say, oh, he's fine. Of course not. Really? Picture what he went through in Nashville. Feel the pain he felt as he felt as he fell to the ice, as he writhed on the ice. Yeah, but that was a while back. I mean, it's I, his eye. It's his eye. What do you use to make stops in hockey? What do you? What's your principal? What is your principal piece my, of equipment? My um, my, my stick. It's his my, eye. My, my glove, my, Your eyes. my my blocker. No, Your I know. Eyes. But but are you okay? Let me ask you then. Seriously, are you suggesting that the avalanche doctors are throwing him out there with reckless abandon? No, I'm just saying I I don't think it answers all questions. I still have that feeling of watching that happen on the ice. I realize that he came out to practice several days ago. This, this is not the, this is not the first time he's been thrown out onto the ice. That he's they. They want to win hockey games. They right. will do anything, whether whatever it takes to win a hockey game. They will not throw him out there if he's not capable of playing. So, then what are you worried about? I just I have that I have that shaking feeling, that instinctive feeling that, that there's still something going on there. And I know the doctors. The doctors are the ones who cleared him. He's cleared him. Jared Bednar has cleared him. You picture back to the, the incident in Nashville. Are you ready to say that until he actually plays in a real game? Now, I will say that Devon Taves the other day 
somebody asked him, well, you, are you kind of taking it easy on Darcy in practice? And he said, no, that wouldn't do him any favors. Right. It wouldn't do us any favors. Okay, well, let's talk about doctors and teams, all right? Let's talk about Vic Fangio and how he treated, now I can't even remember his name, that offensive tackle. Dan, you remember that guy's name? I mean, he's so far in my rearview mirror, I don't even want to think about him anymore. You know what I'm talking about? The guy who never wanted to play? Yeah, do you want me to say yeah. his name? Yeah, say his name. Alex says Juwan James. Juwan James. Vic Fangio threw Juwan James under the bus, saying this guy's healthy enough to play. Juwan mm -hmm. James did not step onto the field. Then Mike Malone came out and said, Jamal Murray has been cleared by team doctors. Jamal Murray did not go onto the floor. Jamal Murray, after the season, came out and said, I just was not ready. Just because you're cleared to play doesn't mean mentally you are cleared to play. So the team doctors have cleared Darcy Kemper. Jared Bednar has publicly said, hold on, Kemper can play. This is, this is not about just winning this series. This is about winning 12 more games. And while I have more confidence in Kemper yes. than I probably would Francois, and I do, I don't think they would throw him out there if they didn't think he was ready. Now, if he goes out there, which eye was it? The right eye or the left eye? It's his right eye. Okay. So let's say for the sake of argument, somebody's lining up on he his catches, left. He catches with his left. Right. And his, it's his right eye that was involved. It so, was mostly swelling. It was not a stick directly into the eye. Right. It was swelling right. around the eye. I am not sitting here and saying the doctors are idiots. I'm not sitting here saying Jared Bednar is an idiot. I'm not saying they'd throw him out with with significant underlying questions in their mind. I'm just saying I have this gut feeling that I have to see him make a few saves before I'm 100% sold. Okay. So what if, so at what point in the game will you say, okay, maybe I was wrong? Oh, after maybe five saves. And and okay. the one the one where he's clearly reacting with his eye. Okay, all right. And you're gonna. I want to see you put that on Twitter because I will <laughs> retweet it. If you see him make five saves, I want you to put on there in all caps. I was wrong at Eric Goodman, and I will and retweet find, it and find that clip from Happy Days where Fonzie says <laughs> I was wrong. 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 Exactly. Um, here's something else, and. Hockey fan is hockey fan. They are propi uh, proprietary. There's, there's, there's some of them in sport. this office. No, I'm not going to. Why would you say that? You're throwing you. You just started here a day ago, <laughs> and you're already throwing people at this station under the bus. No, I'm not. I will defend just, them to the I'm, death. I'm defending them as hockey fans, but I think they're proprietary too. Well, remember, hockey is a niche sport. Let's call it like it is. Every sport's a niche sport. Watch. Look at the cable ratings on the NBA. Is everybody in the everybody in the world is not watching the NBA? Every sport is a niche sport. Is the NFL a niche sport? Every sport except the NHL. NFL is a niche sport. Okay, I'll put it to you this way: the the number one sports when it comes to sports. Okay, NFL is number one in the NFL. I mean, it's number one in the United yeah. States. Can we agree on that? Yes, I can. Baseball is bigger here than it is over in, say, Korea. Is that fair to say? Yes. Is basketball bigger here than it is anywhere in the world? Yes. Is hockey bigger here than it is in Canada? <laughs> Good night, everybody. And that's my point. And that's my point. There's no such thing as hockey night in Canada here where Don Cherry's wearing a crazy jacket. You don't think the equivalent of what they do on TNT or ESPN is no. it all in the same realm? No. And I'll tell you why. 
Because Hockey Night in Canada, and you know as well as anybody, because I covered the Buffalo Sabres and I got Toronto Television. The players care. I will admit that. Players know the games on Hockey Night in Canada. It's a big deal. I'm going to use a TV term with you. It's appointment viewing on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. It's appointment viewing. Just like the NFL, for many fans, is appointment viewing. NBA isn't necessarily appointment viewing. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Baseball isn't necessarily appointment viewing. But you can make the case that soccer is bigger in this country than the NHL. Oh, no. Okay. No. Really? You can't do that. Yeah. How many kids are playing hockey? How many kids are playing soccer? You know, I've heard for, oh, like 77 years that thousands and thousands and thousands of kids have have played soccer. It's going to get big in this country. It's going to overtake every other No, I don't don't believe that for a minute. What I'm saying is hockey fan has an attitude that nobody knows their sport like they do. Hold on. Nobody knows their sport like they do. And then they criticize media members for talking about it. When they finally start talking about it, they criticize them for not knowing about it. Which way do you want to have it? I'm pretty Go into your little cave and watch TNT and watch Hockey Night in Canada and just be happy with it. Or you you don't get any coverage. How's that? With less of an edge, I basically agree with everything you say. I've seen it for years and years and years. I I, I think that hockey fans, the proprietary nature is it's my sport. I, hockey first fan. I'm the hockey first fan. I don't want you in that building unless you're a hockey first fan. You go to Bronco games, you go to Nugget games, I don't want you in that building. If you can't tell me who was on the production line for the Red Wings, you shouldn't be in the building. Right. If you can't tell me who the Colorado Rockies were before they were a bad baseball team. Was that a good thing for their sport? (laughs) You're you're really not expanding your sport if you want to keep it all in your little cave. Because if you don't, most most sportscasters don't know a lot about hockey. So here's my suggestion to you. Let's look at the three sports talk radio stations in town, if we're being completely honest. Okay? Uh, I understand one of them carries the Avalanche games. In his own Essentially owned by I, a de facto owner. Of I understand team. that. But it is undisputable, and the truth is there through numbers, that when you talk about hockey on the radio, people change the channel, period. And that is data that is backed up. You bring up the avalanche, you bring in most cities, maybe not even here, but in most cities, you bring up hockey, people change the channel because people don't understand it, and maybe they don't want to understand it. So now we are finally talking about it, and we get criticized where for you talking been? about it. Where have you been? Where have I been? Where have, I, where have you been? No, that's the attitude of putting other media on the spot. Where have you been? I got news for you. People talk more about the avalanche than they do about the Rockies. Yes, I think so, too. Although, although, if you had to rank the sports in terms of popularity in this town... Number it, one is it, the Broncos. And number two and is number the Rockies. Number two is the Avalanche. The Rockies. Number three is the Rockies. And number uh, number, three is, is the, number three is the Nuggets. And, and number, number four, four is what? The Avs? The Rockies. No, the Rockies, to me, you just look at their attendance. People go to the games. Broncos, Avalanche, Nuggets, Rockies. When all three teams are going well and they haven't gone well for, you know... I'll put it to you this way. There was more, from what I understand, there was more interest in the 2007 Rockies than there was oh, for Oh, yeah, because that was a bandwagon. That but was an incredible, unbelievable bandwagon. If the Rockies were the same as the Dodgers, this town would be going crazy for you them. You think so? I absolutely think so. I have very little doubt. To me, in all my years being here, and you've been here again longer than I have, when it comes to popularity, Broncos would be number one, good or bad. When all three teams are going well, 
Avs and it doesn't happen. I mean, it's like the star is trying to align. But if all three teams are going well, there'd be more interest in the Rockies than anybody else. Okay. I, be- I believe that. I believe that. I don't believe that. I think the, the Stanley Cup run will garner more interest along those lines. Bandwagon, albeit, along those lines than it would in baseball. No. It was, 2007 was nuts. It was arguably. And but I, it was such an aberrational situation. It, whether, but Terry, whether it's aberrational or not, all I can do is show you, show you the facts and the data that this town exploded. The two greatest stories I've ever covered in my career, my career, and that spans from CNN to Chicago to Buffalo, yada, 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 and here. The two greatest stories I've ever covered, number one, the Rockies run, number two, Tim Tebow. <laughs> Tim Tebow, bigger than any Super Bowl run the Broncos made because it was such an infectious well, story and people were on both sides. The Rockies, sto- the Rockies in 2007, it doesn't matter. It happened. Let, let, let's not let's not pick it apart. You and I could both agree it was an aberration. Oh, yeah. What, what I'm saying is, despite it being an aberration, this town was on fire in 2007 for about a month. And it wasn't a long time. Denver is not on fire for the avalanche right now. They're not. And they weren't on fire in 2009 when the Nuggets went to the Western Conference Finals. But they were sure as hell on fire at the end of the regular season, beating the Phillies in the divisional round beating the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLCS. I think we're getting there with the Avalanche in this run, and it's because of that bandwagon effect. I think people are jumping onto the bandwagon. And I also, we started off talking about the idea of the proprietary hockey fans letting the non-first hockey fan first people onto the bus, too, and onto the train. And I think it's happening. I'll say this. To everybody who's listening and everybody's watching, you would be hard-pressed to listen to any sports talk radio station in town with more hockey knowledge than the two of us. For starters, you don't even need an introduction when you were the main hockey writer for ESPN on the NHL and the sporting news and covering the Avalanche. My experience with hockey, gee, I don't know. I've covered the Avalanche for how many years? Did the pre- and post-game shows for the Chicago Blackhawks? Did the pre- and post-game shows for the Florida Panthers? And I was the beat guy on television for the Buffalo Sabres. We should I, do a book. I think we are qualified to talk hockey. You want to hear hockey? You can tune in here. We are easily the most qualified. Other than that, we are qualified <laughs> to do absolutely nothing. Coming up after the break, DeMarcus Cousins. What are the Nuggets going to do with him? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, deck, fence, whatever it is, go to rmfp.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. 
That's 303-790-8089. Well, after the season was over, the uh, Nuggets brass made it very clear that they are willing to spend into the luxury tax, talking specifically about Stan Kroenke. Uh, Kroenke has done that in the past when Mello is here, so there is precedent for him doing it again. The question is, who do they bring back? Who do they look for in the offseason? Uh, my thought is they're going to wind up bringing in not big-name players, but they're going to bring in guys who can play some defense and are good defensive players. And we'll talk more about that in the next segment of the show on just how important defense is when we look at the final four teams who are in the conference finals. With that, what should the Nuggets do about DeMarcus Cousins? Joined the Nuggets during the season, played 48 games, averaged 9.6 rebounds, 2 assists per game in just 14 minutes a game. Now, I understand he is 31. He's not the same player that he used to be, although he's still technical foul prone. Can you make? Can you agree, though, that he made significant contributions? At times, he did. There were more than a few games where you're like, wow, that was the old DeMarcus Cousins. It was few and far between, but even in the playoffs, he had one tremendous game. I liked watching him play because he was a physical force. That was enjoyable. I thought it was it was injected an element of toughness. It helped uh, take some of some of that off of Jokic, and I, I think it was he was. Uh, they could have utilized him far better too. Well, I don't use this term for a lot of basketball players, but I'll use it for him. A guy like Draymond Green <laughs> has this quality. A guy like a Michael Jordan has that quality, and the term I'm going to use is. This guy's got some ass in him. He's got a nasty streak in him. Antagonistic. Exactly. He's got some ass in him, and that is DeMarcus Cousins. I wish, with the way their roster was constructed, unfortunately, it was not constructed. Injuries certainly played a role with P.J. Dozier getting injured, and I get it. But on the perimeter, uh, they were weak defensively, and that's why they got boat raced for most of the time. Three, three, Three balls. Right. They got boat raced for more than a few games by the Golden State Warriors. What I wish the Nuggets had was another big man on the roster besides Cousins, and here's the reason why. I would have liked to have seen a matchup where Jokic and Cousins were on the floor at the same time. Oh, absolutely. That should have happened a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, Terry, if you know that you do not have perimeter defenders, and with the guys you're throwing out there anyway— Still can't defend the three. You might as well pound them inside because they have no height Mm -hmm. and you can work them over. And the Nuggets do not have the roster in order to do that. Whose fault is that? Well, you put it on Tim Conley. He's the guy who constructs the roster. Well, Mike Malone clearly did that in his postseason news conference. He very clearly threw Conley under the bus. Well, they're really tight. I mean, uh, all... uh, Kroenke, Conley, Malone all traveled to Serbia together. They're all very, very tight. Then why did Malone kind of throw out the hint that that I did the best with what I had? He did do the best with what he had. You know why? But who's responsible for giving him what he had? Is Tim Conley responsible for Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.'s injury? Oh, no. You know, the Nuggets are the only team in the league's history that have suffered injuries. No, no. 
Tell me how many teams have made a strong playoff run missing their second and third scoring options. Do you think Michael Porter Jr. is is their third best player now? I think he's their best third scoring option. So you tell me, because you do the whole on. You've been doing this longer than me. Yes, I have. Tell me any team in the NBA that has ever made a long run, a deep run into the NBA playoffs that have been missing their two of their top three scores. Okay, I'd have to go back and look. The answer would be none. The answer would be none. There's just no way. You just can't do that. Now, in all fairness, and we'll talk more about this in the next segment, the second and third guy for the Mavs, Dinwiddie, local guy, mm-hmm. went to see you, right? Right. And Brunson, neither of them lighted up defen- uh, lighted up um, with their offense. I think both of those guys averaged in the regular season 16 points a game. And when you look at Aaron Gordon and you look at Will Barton, they average 15 points a game. Their box scores are almost identical, but you know what the big difference is? That Mavs are really good defensively. Mm-hmm. So they can survive without big scoring nights from their offense. But so then the again, Celt- so are the Celtics if we move, you know, if we look at that series too. Well, the Celtics have two really good scores, specifically with Jason Tatum. They're really, really good. And again, we'll get more into this in in this in the second segment. So Here's the thing. Should the Nuggets find a way to re-sign DeMarcus Cousins? I would say yes. You'd have to assess the alternatives, what what else might be out there, what may be attainable, and what and, it's, and also DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins basically played for free. Yep. And he's not going to play for free again. Well, a lot of teams don't want to deal with him. He's a headache. But Mike Malone was the head coach in Sacramento when he was there, and he knows how to work with it's him. It's funny. George Carl hates him. George Carl, I love George Carl, but George Carl hates everybody. <laughs> I, listen, I like George a lot, and you know George really well, right? Yeah. This is this is how I look at George, and I like George a lot. I, I wouldn't say I know him well. I, okay. I know him. I've you, you covered know. him, been around him. I hate to say this about George, but this is kind of who he is. George is the type of guy that you would invite over to your Thanksgiving dinner, and you have a beautiful turkey, perfectly <laughs> brown with the butter on top, perfectly made mashed potatoes nice and creamy just enough butter green beans al dente they're perfect gravy made exquisitely and george says would somebody please pass me the gravy boat and he gets the gravy boat and he looks at the gravy boat and says i don't know if you know this there's a chip in this gravy boat (laughs) that's george and that's one reason why he got let go by the nuggets got let go by the Nuggets because they saw him as a guy who complains all the time. And there were more than a few front office executives who told me that. They didn't want to deal with him anymore because they felt he complained all the time. So they fired the coach of the year because they didn't want to deal with him anymore. Not because he couldn't coach. They didn't like his personality anymore. In all seriousness, isn't complaining an occupational quality of most basketball coaches? George, George takes it to a new level. I like George a lot. And I've always gotten along with George, but he'll be the first one to tell you that, that he wears on people. He just does. He wears on people. I like George very much, and I'd love to play around to golf with him. But from what I was told by specifically one Nuggets executive, he's, he, he kept going into the office mm-hmm. constantly. Where's my contract? Where's my contract? Where's my contract? Sometimes, no matter how talented you are, they just don't want to deal with you anymore. You look at a guy like Terrell Owens. Mm-hmm. Talented, talented, talented. People dealt with him until they didn't feel he could play anymore. Then you knew he was getting kicked mm-hmm. to the curb. But sometimes, even when you are tremendously talented, you're just not worth the hassle. He's going to the Hall of Fame. 
So what does that tell you that he got fired? Winning coach of the year. He won coach of the year, then he got canned. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because of his coaching. Although, as one executive said to me, and this is a quote, not a paraphrase, Terry, a quote, I am tired of his freaking, and I'm, that's a paraphrase, yes. the real word, you know what I'm saying. I am tired of his freaking helter-skelter defense, and I'm tired of him too. You don't think that part of that, that, I, that sense of perfectionism, the complaining, the trying to, the trying to, trying to get things better in terms of the roster, which he perceived it as being, you don't think that's an element of a, of a good coach at all? What do you mean? Say that again? Well, if a guy's just, if a guy's just, uh, copacetic with management, if he's just willing to, to keep going along and, and not being a perfectionist and not being a pain in the ass, don't you think that that's part of what can make him, that's his personality. I, that's what makes him a good coach. I think there is a difference between pressing a button and putting your finger on the button and putting all your weight behind it, not letting off of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened with George. And I'll be honest with you. I think it goes deeper than that. I look at Mark Workentine, who was the general manager of that team. That guy knew talent as well as anybody really, really knew talent. But let's really look at this guy's history. Mark Workentine. He was with UNLV, <laughs> right? Yeah. A clean program. And then he was the assistant GM of the Jailblazers. You didn't, you didn't give it the uh, air quotes. Right, right. Then he was the assistant GM of the Jailblazers. And then he built what was affectionately known around the country as the Thuggets. That's Mark Warkentine's history. I'll give him credit. He knows how to spot talent, but he did not know how to build a team. He had a lot of nice pieces that did not fit together. And that's what George had to deal with. And I and I can totally understand why he got frustrated with it. Marcus can be a terrific player. Mm -hmm. not, when, not when he does things off the court and then says to the coach, I'm not feeling well today, coach. I don't know if I can play. Those aren't the guys you want on your team. So bottom line, are you bringing DeMarcus Cousins back or not? To your point, I would say let's see what the options are. But if I don't have any other options, I would bring him back. I would too. Yeah, I would definitely bring him back. And maybe find another guy in case you want to play a big lineup. Yeah, and is he capable of being the, the, the other big man in the big lineup? Not as a starter. I'd even I'd even give that a shot. Just see. Yeah, of course, and it also no. it also depends on I'll, I'll tell it you. also depends on on uh, on how they come through the offseason. Well, I look at it this way: if you're going to look at a starting five right now, I do not envision a Demarcus Cousins in it because your backcourt. I well, believe well, do you have Murray and Porter in that imaginary lineup. Well, of course, yet? of course, I do because both I think, think should be healthy. You think they should be? Murray and Porter should be in the starting lineup. Well, yeah, of course. Why? Why? I, would, no, I mean, if they're are they going to be? Healthy enough. Sh I would be surprised if they're not. So I believe you have Bones Highland, and you have mm -hmm. Jamal Murray in your backcourt. MPJ is your small forward. Aaron Gordon is your power forward. And Jokic. But it doesn't mean during the course of a game that when you start moving guys around and off company. your bench, that maybe you do a big lineup. I'm not opposed to that, but I don't put him in the starting I lineup. think Murray will be back. I'm not so sure about Porter. I mean, it's the start the season. You might very well be right. Let's, let's say he's had too many surgeries and nothing's a guarantee with him. Coming up after the break, NBA's conference finals start tonight. Who do you like? Celtics Heat? Warriors Mavericks? That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Boy, it is going to be a busy night if you are a sports fan, especially if you love the NBA and love the NHL. Hope you have at least a couple of televisions running or at least your screen with finding a way to watch it, uh, you know, streaming or something like that. So, in the East, Celtics against the Heat. West, Warriors against the Mavericks. We'll start it off in the East. Who do you like? I would I, I would say Miami tonight. I like Boston in the series, and that's because of, of Boston's injury situation. I think they, they have to get... Uh, They'll have to get Marcus Smart and Horford back in the lineup to and win the series. I think they lose tonight, though. Well, they uh, lost in their opener against the Milwaukee Bucks, and it all worked out in the end for them because they wound up winning in seven games. For the series, I like the Celtics as well. <clears throat> when Andrew and I did the show, I said to him, I think it's going to be the Celtics and the Heat. Now, granted, it's not like I, it was some big stretch. The Heat were the number one seed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the Celtics are a terrific defensive team, and they certainly have enough offensive firepower. Uh, Horford is huge because he brings veteran leadership. If if they did not have him on this team, I don't even think they're in the Eastern Conference really? Finals. No, no, they they needed. They have a nice nucleus of young players, you know, Tatum, Tatum and Smart and Brown. Right. However, they needed some veteran leadership, so they brought back Horford, and Horford went off in one big game that really helped them. But sometimes you need a veteran presence, and he is that guy. Both teams terrific defensively. So, simply put, who has more offensive firepower? It's the Celtics. And I also like the fact that they were on the brink of losing in the semifinals, yeah. and they were the better team, and they almost lost. They came, I, back, they came back and just blew them out, 109-81 in the last game. They they made it over the hump against the team with championship medal, and I don't think we can overstate that enough. You know what I liked about the Celtics in Game 7? Ime Odoka coached through field. Did you see how he left Peyton Pritchard on the floor? That shows to me that's the kind of coaching I like. Right. The adjustable, the instinctive, gut-feeling coaching, and I think that's where Mike Malone sometimes is deficient. You're not a Malone guy. I like Malone. I think Malone's. A good I just judge. think he he would be better if he if he wouldn't be so locked into to patterns, to substitute patterns, and everything else, and that he he allowed feel for that game to come into play. Warriors, Mavericks. Who do you like? I I like the Warriors if Clay Thompson proves to to be all the way back. He's been kind of up and down a little bit. How was he in the last game? Mm-hmm. How was he in the he last? Good. He was more than good. He was fantastic. So I think I'll go with the Warriors there. Um, and uh, we know that Curry and Thompson won't choke like Booker and Paul did. Yeah, they really didn't show up, did they? Uh, Luka Doncic right now, I know Jokic is the MVP. Luka Doncic is the best player on the planet. You think so? I, yeah, yes. Oh, After I, watching I, I, that I, series? I, I disagree with that. I'd go with Jokic still. But I, I wouldn't. Understand what I love Jokic. 
I love Jokic. Doncic is the best player on the planet. Is he carrying a team as much as Jokic is? Uh, you can make the case that he is. I mean, they got because, Brunson and what else? Spencer Dinwiddie. That's it. Now, granted, the Nuggets don't have, as we talked about in the last segment, they don't have Murray and they don't have MPJ. So they're not missing their second and third best options. That's why they I, are the second and third that's best. That's why option. I have Doncic too. I think I he's definitely one of the three best players on Doncic. Took, but, he, but he had he has not overtaken Jokic in a game seven. He took over against the number yeah, one seed that won sixty four games on the road. That was a performance. That was a. This guy has arrived if he hadn't arrived already. He is now the front runner for the MVP next year. He has arrived and he's always been there, but that particular game, really? I think. A front runner for the MVP. Yes, I would bet on him right now. Yep. He, he put on a show on the road against the number one seed against a team that many thought were going to, the, the thought was going to win the championship. And remember, the first couple of games, he didn't play. So how did they do when he came back? I think Embiid will be the MVP next year only because his campaign with Eastern media is probably working a little bit. It might. It might. One more quick thing. So you look at the four teams left, all of them, top four in defense in the league. How do you rate defense? So they might be, I'll agree with you. Points per game. But the quibble I have is that's how you rate defense? Well, you could do field goal percentage. There are a million all, metrics out there. All you have there. to do is slow down the pace, and you and you slow down the pace completely when you have the ball. Yeah. I would rather go by possessions. And That's fine. That. I don't. I think points per game is, if you're locked into that as the sole determinant of what is good defensively, just slow down the pace. I mean, Huey Brown's teams were uh, renowned for defense, and all they did was, was uh, hold the ball for 22 seconds. Okay, that's fair. I'm. I'm not. I. I won't argue that. But you know, I. I will say this, and I, and I'll try and pop this up as quickly as I can. So let's look at the top teams in offense in the NBA. Phoenix averaged 108 points per game. Mm-hmm. How did they do in Game Seven? They <laughs> scored 90, and then in Game Six they scored 86. That's how good, at the end of the day, we can do whatever metric you want to. Do they slow it down? Are they a fast break team? At the end of the day, the Mavericks played at their pace, and they held one of the highest scoring teams in the league to an average of 88 points a game in the final two games, Mm -hmm. in which the Suns could have closed it out, and they didn't. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? You guys talked about Avalanche Blues a little bit already, and we'll talk about it a little more in the second hour as well. We'll go over some of the other second round matchups in the NHL playoffs. One kicking off tonight and the others getting going tomorrow. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. MyLifeSports.com. You can watch us. 
MileHighSports.com. You can listen to us, 98.1 FM. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. I'm going to tell you about a place I love, and I love it so much, I look forward to driving 50 minutes from my house to get there. I live in Centennial, right near C-470 and County Line. Please do not stalk me. And I love being able to drive up to Windfall Brewing Company there in the Orchard Town Center. Uh, they are located on Westminster. They have an unbelievable menu. It's really great. 17 craft brews on tap. They have all kinds of your old-time favorite arcade games, including 23 pinball machines. They just opened their patio. The place absolutely rocks. And with that, I want to bring in one of the owners, my good man, Sean Murray. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing tonight, sir? I am great. Let's talk about something that is coming up, and let's talk about something that you do all the time. Uh, you go out of your way to honor our veterans. What do you do all the time for our veterans, and what are you planning on doing on Memorial Day? Well, every day to honor our veterans, we give them 15% off their entire bill. And for Memorial Day, what we plan to do to honor them is to give everyone a free beverage so they can... You know, give a toast to their fallen brother and sister. I think that's fantastic um, that you're giving back like that because, you know what, they really deserve it, and you're doing it every day. See, a lot of places, they'll do it like once a week because, you know, we might lose money. You do it all the time. Good for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Late night menu. You just started it. Tell me a couple things on the menu. I listen, I could talk about the menu all day because, you know, I love going there for a lunch or for dinner. But your late-night menu started 10 a.m., excuse me, 10 p.m. until 1 a.m., Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. What can people order that late? Because usually people limit their menus that late. Yeah, and we uh, decided not to just do fried food like most places do. We offer up our chicken tacos, steak tacos, uh, our veggie quesadilla, chicken quesadilla, steak quesadilla, uh, as well as some other options like our chili cheddar cheese fries. And... Um, Lately, we just just put on our menu are some flatbreads that we make in-house. Hmm. Listen, don't ever on the air with me say the word fried food. Because when you hear fried food, you hear crap bar food. And you, and you are outstanding food. You are an upscale menu. You don't do fried food. Yeah, of course you do French fries, and I get that. But you are an upscale menu. You go to a bar, yeah, you're going to get you know cheese curds and chicken tenders. That's not what you guys serve. You have great stuff. Summer is just about here, although it's supposed to be 43 degrees on Saturday. It's going to kill my golf game. The patio, though, is open. We're not going to have a lot of 43-degree days uh, moving forward. So tell us about your patio. You just sent me some pictures. What do you have going on? So the patio we just got completed, it was fully wrapped with vinyl windows and a couple of doors. Uh, we have heaters on the ceiling. So basically it's being able to use 365 days a year. Whether it's hot, whether it's cold, you can sit out there. We can unroll the windows. We can roll them down, roll them up, you know, and you can just enjoy your time. We have seating for 60 as well and uh, speakers out on the patio, too. By the way, so when you go to a lot of places like a Windfall Brewing Company, like a brewing company, you know, they'll, they'll hire pretty much any chef who is, you know, decent, right? Well, you went out and got the uh, sous chef at Shanahan's, who is now your executive chef. Give our listeners or viewers one thing they have to order off the menu. I would say the shrimp and salmon linguine. Oh, dude. It is a wonderful dish, and it comes alongside of two, which you seem to love when you come here, 
grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. Yes, those little grilled cheese sandwiches that you dip in your tomato soup, we also offer those on our shrimp and linguine uh, dish. How shrimp do people, and linguine, sorry. How do people find you, Sean? Uh, they find us uh, by going to the Orchard Town Center, which is off 144th and Huron in Westminster. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Tell your better half, Abby, I say hello. I will. Thank you so much for the time, and you have a good rest of your night, sir. Thanks, Sean. Have a great day. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, you guys talked about Blues Avalanche, and we'll talk a little bit more about that series in the second hour of the show as well. But other series across the second round of the NHL playoffs are Tampa and Florida, who will start their series tonight at 5 o'clock p.m. on TNT. Also, the New York Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes playing against each other. And then the battle for Canada, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Calgary Flames. Any of those series stand out to you as one that will be quick, and anything stand out to you as one that will go seven games? The Edmonton-Calgary series is the most intriguing to me because it's the battle of Alberta, and I know what that means up there. I mean, that we think... We have rivalries in sports down here. That right. that's that one's going to be hair, epic. hairy, epic, yep. tough, physical, fun, and I'll, I'll take Edmonton in it. So you're going with McDavid and Drysdale. Drysdale, two, two of the best players in the world, and they, they should be better than they are. Right. But I think they'll win this series pretty easily. Well, I'll ask you, how good is Calgary, or excuse me, Calgary, on their back end for their organization? How good are they? Because, okay. because the Oilers are not good defensively. No. And their goaltending is not very good. No. I think the Oilers are going to do are going to win that one easily. Okay. Uh, I think there are only two teams left that can beat the Avalanche. The Florida. Pan- Panthers and Carolina. That's it. Hmm. Now you don't think I, I would almost put St. Louis in there. I think this series is going to be the toughest one. Well, we will talk Avalanche. more about that. Don't don't blow. Listen, I know you haven't done radio in a long time. We call it a tease. <laughs> don't blow it right now, Danny. What do we got? Just in case you missed it, I asked uh, you and Mace Eric about Philip Lindsay last week. I believe it was. Philip Lindsay has now signed a one-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. He joins Max Borgie, another Colorado product who played his college football at Washington State, in a running back room that includes Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. What will Philip Lindsay's role be with the Colts this minimal. season? Minimal. I don't know how it could be anything but minimal unless unless uh, somebody gets hurt, unless Taylor gets hurt. Hines is the change of pace back. And that's what Philip Lindsay essentially is. So he's fighting with that guy for playing time. And, you know, kid from Wisconsin, Taylor, I mean, he's the bell cow. Unlike here, they're going to split carries. Taylor's the bell cow. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I, you're not going to put Philip Lindsay on special teams. Maybe they want maybe they want him as a returner. I don't know if they do or not. Uh, but I don't know if the Colts need to need three backs. I would go with three backs and maybe... But I don't know what they did with the draft off the top of my head in terms of drafting mm-hmm. running backs. Well, uh, they've got to get it to so where on one of the Colts broadcasts, they can point out that 
Philip Lindsay was a free agent and uh, went to Thomas Jefferson High School in his, in his CU. They've got two other undrafted free agent running backs that are rookies already in that room as well with Max Borgie right. and then C.J. Verdell from Oregon. Max right. Borgie was from Pomona? Yes. Did you just go all Irv Brown on me? Yes. Naming where a guy went to high school. Is uh, this what I get you, to live with you got a card? for however many more years? You got a card? Yeah, let's let's do you go. want any do you have any dirt on Danny? I have no well, I do, you but want I would never some? say it. No, I no, I don't, and you don't know any. You know so, so don't BS people. I know dirt on Danny. You don't. You know, you know, Eric, it all got started in the garage on Garfield Street. I don't know what that means. There are some listeners out there who do. I have no idea. We're gonna pick a card, isn't that what they used to do? They used to pick a card. Or something. We're going to be doing our next live remote, I believe, at King Supers. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. Not to mention their sales staff, as good as it gets. Uh, when you walk in there, they're going to ask you the right questions, get you what you need. And that's the type of customer service you want because... When you make a purchase like that, work with people who can get you what you want. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk more about the Avalanche. Second round begins tonight. Let's talk about the matchups. How do the Blues match up against the Avs? All I keep hearing is... The Blues are so deep. They got nine goal, 20 goal scorers, Yeah, they Eric. do, and the Avs suck because they only have, like, one. <laughs> That's next. Let's go.